With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Bully Ball Podcast on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrero, filling in for Jason Aponte. And as always on Tuesday, Steph Sanchez is here. What up, Steph? Let's go. Um, hey, Rob. Uh, I, I just wanted to say, like, Jay, hope you feel better. And it was Jay's birthday this past weekend. So oh. I, I was going to, like, you know, be like, hey, whose birthday was it this past weekend? It was Jay's. So, um, <laughs> so happy birthday to Jay. I hope he had a good one. Bummer that he's sick now, but uh, we'll we'll fill in for him here. Oh man, I didn't know that. I would have put out a, like a happy birthday tweet from the Rob, GSN 49ers handle. I'm supposed to know these things. I sorry, I have name and address. I don't have birthdays. I, you know, one step closer to fully taking over all your identities here on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Uh, we're gonna get into the Jags game, obviously, because the 49ers are done with the bye week. Chase Young had his first media appearance yesterday, so we can talk about that a little bit. Plus, we'll take your questions, your comments, throw them in the uh, in the chat, and we'll get to as many as we can. But I want to remind everybody, please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And as always, rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. And make sure you like and subscribe to Steph's YouTube channel as well, 49K. Please and thank you. All right, Steph. Ooh, I like this from Ross Lewis. Coffee in the gold standard. Let's go. Yeah, Ross. Yeah. Oh, look at you. You got the coffee already. I What's do. I always mug? do. Um, so this came from the Smithsonian. It was a it was a gift from the gift shop, I assume. And it has the little lion coming off of it. All right. 
So I'm very, I'm very lioned out today for some reason. Like I have a lion on my shirt too. I was like, okay, we're going for it. I'm a Leo, so it works, I guess. There you go. Full jungle camo. See, I'm learning all sorts of things about the bully ball hosts here. Um, I'm just like dying for the 49ers to play football stuff. I have spent like the last week rewatching. I rewatched the Steelers oh, game, the Cowboys game. Do. Like when life was good, I was oh, okay. watching 49ers watch, games. You watched the good ones. I was like, why would you watch all like <laughs> these yeah. these past three weeks again? No. I mean, the first five weeks were definitely up there. I kind of, so I was kind of the opposite, Rob. Like I, I kind of took this, these last few days to recharge and like not really do anything. I barely checked Twitter. Um, I barely watched the games on Sunday, although there were some really good ones. So I did catch uh, yes. some of those at the end. Um, but, you know, for me, I just kind of took it as a chance to reset. And so now I am also like pretty optimistic and excited for for this week as well so i i hope all the fans are too it's like going to be a sprint for the rest of the way like the bye week is over they've got what is it nine games left and it's just going to be like pedal to the metal go and it's going to be exciting as hell to see how this goes and i kind of came to a realization this week steph and maybe tell me if you're with me or not I feel like a lot of this year for me was like, okay, you know, especially with the way they started, it was like, we're picking up where we left off from last year. They're good. McCaffrey's rolling. The defense is good. Okay. And then the last three weeks, I kept looking at it like they have to play up to the standard that they set previously. And so like every time they wouldn't score a touchdown or every time they would allow a touchdown, I was like, oh no, they're further away from that standard. Like I just need to watch this team not like they have a top defense, not like they have a top offense, just kind of take them for what they are this year. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, you know, I think the first five weeks of the season really showed us a balanced team, which I actually liked. Like I, I didn't like, well, okay. I, I shouldn't say that I didn't like the team always being so defensive heavy, but I definitely appreciated the balance that also the offense, you know, coming alive and being able to score, you know, 30 points a game to start the season. Like I did appreciate that. And I think that at, at the best is the 2023 San Francisco 49ers. Right. Uh, but of course we've also seen some of the bad and I don't know what that's about, but I hope we don't see it again in the second half of the season. In fact, their playoff hopes kind of depend on that version of them just being thrown in the trash, pretty much. <laughs> right. Throw it in the trash. Just look at this team for what it is. A team with a decent defense, an offense that has a lot of potential, but doesn't always fulfill that potential. And just take it week to week. You don't have to live up to this like mythical standard of 49ers teams past. And I don't know if the 49ers players need to adopt that mentality. It doesn't sound like they are, but that's kind of how I'm going to look at it going forward. Just let them be who they are and try to maximize what is here right now. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the challenge that us fans have. And I was actually talking to uh, Ashley or Ariana about this yesterday on our show together. And I think we as fans are always thinking like they're not as good as they were last year. Like, come on, the defense is not as good as it was last year. What is going on? Like we were just mm -hmm. saying, and I think we get so wrapped up in that, that we're not thinking about who they are right now. And they're still a really good team right now, five and three, 
Uh, I mean, look at the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are a great example of like good teams can evolve and look differently from year to year. Like the Chiefs are totally different from when they were, you know, when the 49ers played them in, in the Super Bowl a few years ago, right? So even that, like you just have to get comfortable with a team changing, but still being okay with it because they're still a good team. The Chiefs are a defensive first team right now. People don't think of them that way because yeah. of Mahomes. Their defense is allowing fewer points per game than the 49ers defense. Like they have a top defense in the league. And like you said, that's okay, right? The salary cap situation in Kansas City has changed. Mahomes making a, is making a billion dollars. They let go of Tyree Kill. Like teams do evolve, but that doesn't mean you can't still be good if you change. Right now, if I asked you, are the 49ers an offensive first team or a defensive first team? Um, well, I, I don't know. Right, Rob? Like, I, I think these last three weeks, it's kind of hard to say, like, who they even are. But I'm kind of just saying, OK, maybe those three weeks didn't happen. Let's see what happens, you know, this upcoming week against the Jags. I think we'll know a little bit more after this week who this team really is and who they're going to be for the second half of the season. Right. So right now I, I have a tough time, like, gauging who they are. But I, I will say I feel like they're more offensive, uh, strong suited, I guess, because I think these last few weeks, what we haven't seen is Debo, Trent out there, and that has hurt the offense. I think if those guys were out there, they'd probably win these last few games just because the margin for these games were so close that I, I think those guys right there being in there could have made the difference for Brock, could have made a difference for Kyle, the offense and all of that. So I, I do kind of feel like the offense um, could potentially carry this defense a little bit. I think that's what we saw in the first five weeks of the season because the defense in the last three weeks or four, I guess, you know, um, looked the same that it did in those first five games, Rob. The only difference was that the offense wasn't scoring 30 points. So I, I think that's, that's really the difference. I, I, I see them as a more offensive uh, strength, offensively strengthened team. I don't know how to say that, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Offense first. We'll go with that. Uh, Eagle Rising says, no under review this week. At least we still got to admire Steph's hair on point. Yeah, Vish had to go back in the office for his job. So we have to do that show wow. at night now. So it's still Mondays. It's just going to be at night. And he also had a work conference this week, so he couldn't join me on the show. I did do a live show last night, though. It's still on the page if you want to check that out. JC, a.k.a. Jarson says, Rob, I see you taking tips from the drip god herself with the hair. It's not lost on me, kind sir. If I could get this mop to look anything like your hair, Steph, I would be overjoyed. You know what it is, Rob? I think it's the angle. You know, I think people can appreciate the hair a little bit more from this angle. So there you go. Well, it's it's nowhere. Near, and in person, let me just tell you, it's even more magnificent. Again, when I met Steph at the Niners game against the Cowboys, I was like, my God, it's glorious. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> um, getting back to the offense, I feel like what the defense is going to need to be this year, or what it is, I should say, is a defense that can protect the lead and will make you feel good. Like if you're up two scores, the defense might allow a touchdown to make it a one score game, but then the offense is going to have to pick it up again and make it a two score game again, either with a field goal or a touchdown. I feel like that's the kind of defense the 49ers have. It's not good enough to be able to be like, Oh, 
the offense isn't scoring. Don't worry. We got this until you guys figure it out. I feel like that's the biggest difference. But that's okay because I think in the first five weeks, like, again, they they weren't this dominant force that were, I guess, I mean, they, they were limiting teams to a low score, but mm-hmm. still I think that had to do with the offense, you know, scoring as many points. They were in favorable positions. You get yes. into a positive game script and, and suddenly it doesn't all fall on you, right? These last three games, it's kind of been – well, the offense can't really score as much, so it's kind of all falling on the defense. You're putting them out there, and suddenly it's in not-so-favorable situations, right? So uh, I think that has also hurt the defense a bit. But it isn't lost on me that these last few games, like if you look at the Bengals game towards the end, I think it, it kind of started at the towards the end of the third quarter, the defense was giving the offense – the chances that it needed to potentially win that game. Right. And that's all you ask for. That's, that's what you ask for from your defense. Hey, give us, just give us a chance, just get off the field and we can take care of the rest. The problem is offense at that point wasn't equipped to take care of the rest. Right. But that is one of the things that I thought was somewhat encouraging. And that's the type of defense. I think the 49ers could get away with having. I completely agree with you about the defense in the Cincinnati game. The last Cincinnati possession of the first half, the Niners stripped the ball in the red zone. Then they allowed a field goal to open the second half, but then it was three plays punt, four plays punt. Mm -hmm. That was the opportunity for the Niners offense to get back in the game. The Niners had one, two, three, four possessions where they could have taken control of the game and they got a grand total of zero points in those possessions with two turnovers. So. The defense played well enough to give them a shot to win. The offense didn't hold up their end of the bargain. Speaking of the defense, Steph, and we're going to get to this. Kali Young says roughly how many snaps for Chase Young on Sunday and does he start right away? Chase Young had his introductory press conference with the 49ers yesterday. They asked him what it's going to be like to play with Nick Bosa. He said, I feel like it's going to be like it was back in college. Quote, a race to the quarterback. From his lips to God's ears, because we could really use that right now. I I love that. That's because they're both really competitive guys, I think. And I think they're going to be able to bring the best out of each other as they did in Ohio State for, you know, it, it was a pretty small sample size that they had even at Ohio State together on the field. But man, did they put up some stats, right? So I think it's going to be great to to see both of them out there. As far as how many snaps he's going to get, you know, I, I really don't know. I, I don't know if that was one of the questions he got asked, Rob, but I would imagine that with the bye week, it gave him a chance to really acclimate to the team. And it's not like, you know, he needed – I mean, he was playing all the snaps pretty much with – uh, commanders right yeah. so it's not like he, he needed extra runway with this team it's really about getting comfortable with the scheme with the defense defense defensive line and all of that so as long as he knows enough and again they could just ask him just get after the quarterback you don't you don't always need to know everything to get after the quarterback mm-hmm. so i i think they're going to take advantage of that and they need this win rob so i i think they're going to have him out there as much as they possibly can and yeah, I would expect him to start right away. Nick Bosa's played every snap against Cincinnati. I think the Niners kind of realize the desperate situation that they're in. So I think I agree with you. He's going to be out there right away. And I think he's going to get a heavy workload. 
I always think of this clip from Bill Cower from NFL films that they had. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's just a clip of him and he's talking to, I think it's Greg Lloyd, one of the like famous pass rushers he had with the Steelers. And he just looks at him and he goes, rush the quarterback. And I just feel like chase, like that's your job. I don't <laughs> care about anything else. Just get some damn pressure. And, you know, I was thinking about this because we always talk about like, Oh, the Niners are trying to replicate the th- situation they had with D Ford and Nick Bosa in 2019. But when you really dig into it, you realize that D Ford only played 22% of the snaps that year. And if you look at the sack totals, and I know it doesn't tell the whole story, but the sack totals Armstead led the team that year with 10 Bosa was second with nine and DeForest Buckner had seven and a half. He was third D Ford only had six and a half snaps for the team. Now I know he put a lot of pressure that helped other guys get sacks, but if you look at that team, it wasn't like Nick Bosa had 10 and D Ford had 10 off the edge. So I feel like the Niners are kind of set up potentially now to maybe do the same thing. If Chase Young can get some pressure off one edge and Bosa can get pressure off the other, maybe we'll finally see Javon Hargrave like wake up and do something here. It's going to help everyone out on this defensive line because I think, and I feel like we've been saying this for a while, hoping that it would be true, but I think now it definitely will be. I think it'll keep teams from double teaming Bosa at all or just less. Um, So I think, I mean, that's, of course, going to get you more one-on-one matchups. And at this point, the 49ers just have to win their one-on-ones, right? I mean, Javon Hargrave is certainly capable of doing that. Bosa is capable of doing that. Eric Armstead should be capable of doing that, right? So I think that's going to be part of the benefit. Another thing, Rob, that I've been thinking that this could help the team too. I mean, if you look at last year's defensive line, They had so much depth, and so it became about the rotation of guys that they Mm -hmm. had, and it was able to keep guys fresh. And for the other guys who were coming off of the bench and and coming in, you know, they were coming in 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 favorable spots too because it was, you know, obvious passing down situations or it was just, uh, again, like pin your ears back and just get after the quarterback kind of thing. And they were also fresh, right, because they weren't playing all all of these snaps. So I, I kind of feel like they can be in that position again where they can potentially rotate some guys here and there. Of course, you want to keep um, – you don't want to have Bosa and Young off the field at the same time, but I, I think whenever you can – because Clinton Farrell wasn't having a bad season. He just wasn't as impactful as it, I think you would have hoped him to be opposite Bosa. Like, I think it's clear they need someone who – you know, maybe it's on the Charles O'Menahue, you know, level or the D Ford level. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, Clinton Farrell in, in some situations could be good to have out there. I think uh, uh, who's the other guy? Um, oh, Randy Gregory, you know, like they, they had just traded for him too. Right. So Randy Gregory could come in and in some situations too. it help help keep all of these guys fresh. And that was one of the things Kyle Shanahan was talking about. Right. Oh, they looked slow. They looked tired. Well, this could go a long way in helping that. I uh, want to mention, I want to respond to something you said there in a minute, but I want to give a shout out to Cynthia, YouTube channel member. What's up, Cynthia? Thanks for hopping in. We appreciate all the YouTube members on the channel. If you want to become one, please consider it. It's less than $3 a month. You get membership badges, you get custom emojis, you get priority comment response. We appreciate all the YouTube channel members. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all your support. I like what you said there about hey, you can pull Bosa off the field now and still have Chase Young out there. You can still have a legitimate pass rushing threat off the edge when you're getting Bosa rest. 
that's not nothing. Like, I really appreciate that because Kirk Cousins told the Mannings, I think it might have been the Mannings uh, on the Monday Night Football game that, like, when Bosa's out of the game, they have specific audibles ready to go. And they're deeper passes. They're plays that maybe take a little bit longer to develop because they know he's not out there, so he's going to have more time. Well, if Chase Young is still there, maybe you take that tool out of other teams' toolbox a little bit. Yeah, I, I think so too. It's concerning, right, to hear like opposing teams tell you what they've been doing against the 49ers and how successful it was, right? Because then you're going to see other teams try the same thing or, you know, I would assume they, they already probably game plan the same way. If Bosa's off the field, hey, let, let's run this because we're going to have some little extra time. Um, I mean, I think also it goes to show that for all the – criticism that Bosa has been getting from the fans this year he is still very much feared by opposing offenses and he changes the way that they play the game mm-hmm. even even if he's not getting those sacks right part of the reason he's not getting those sacks is because opposing offenses I think have adjusted so much that it, it's kind of hard for him to get those sacks because they're getting the ball out way quicker um sliding protection over to his side, you know, he's getting the double teams and all that. Not, not that that's an excuse for Bosa, but I think like that, that's a, one of the bigger reasons for, you know, his dip in sacks this season. So yeah, I mean, it's concerning to, to hear some of those things, but the addition of Chase Young should help with that because you're going to have someone who's just as dangerous on the other side, uh, who's just as capable of getting those sacks if you're not careful. Gammon Brown says, while watching film, no expert here. What's up, Gammon? Uh, Teams have been throwing more double teams at the Gravedigger. Also, is this Ambry Thomas last year? Need a nose tackle. I assume NT is nose tackle. Um, Yeah. I don't care that they're double teaming Javon Harger. Guess what? That's what the money is for. I hate that, like, answer of, well, he's getting double teamed. Okay, so that leaves you totally off the hook now because you've got double teamed, so we can't expect you to produce anything. Like, no, I don't believe that. Great players get double teamed, whether it's on offense, whether it's on defense, you still have to produce. And Javon Hargrave, to this point, has not produced to the level that he's getting paid. Yeah, I think so, too. It's tough, right? Uh because we've, we've kind of been saying the same thing about Bosa. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, again, he doesn't have excuses either. You're getting paid like a quarterback, my guy. But, <laughs> you know, I think, again, like going back to Chase Young, like I do think that's that should help, right? It should help uh, free some of these guys up. Because if not, let's say Nick Bosa is getting double teamed. I would expect Chase Young to get pressure on the quarterback, get a quarterback hit, get a sack. Like then there's really no excuses for the other guys. Cause if someone's getting double teamed, sure. Jamon Hargrave should, I mean, maybe he can get out of that, but I would say the excuses um, or there shouldn't be any excuses for the other guys who aren't getting double teamed, because that means you have a one-on-one matchup. And I think I should be expecting you to be able to get uh, win that matchup based on the caliber of defensive linemen that we have on this line. Right. So that's what we're not seeing. That should be the bigger disappointment more so than like, you know, Bosa getting double teamed, Jim on Hargrave getting double teamed. So um, I think now, like I'm really kind of excited to see what it's going to mean. Chase Young being out there for those guys who have been getting double teamed because it should open things up for, for them. So Javon Hargrave being one of those guys who 
who could benefit from this? Gammon also says, Rob, can I call you Sassy Statsy? No, you cannot. I like that. So Statsy comes from Paul Allen, the Vikings radio play-by-play guy, who I got the chance to get to know a little bit when I was producing pro football talk for NBC. And he calls me Statsy for some reason. I don't know why. He's the only one that does. But he came on with us to preview the Vikings game, and he called me Statsy a bunch of times. So now everyone likes to do it. I like this. Oh, wait. I'm just seeing this. Sign me 29 on Twitch says, I heard Bosa has a broken toe. Any truth to that? I have not heard that, Steph. Have you heard that? I, I haven't seen that. I'm curious where that was seen from you. Um, uh, sign me 29. But yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen that. Joey Bosa that... has a broken toe. Oh, maybe. You know, to be fair, the comment says Bosa, so he's not wrong. That's true. <laughs> I know that. Didn't, didn't clarify which, which Bosa. Hey, uh, speaking of, Joey Bosa looked pretty good last night, right? He did. He absolutely did. I think he had a fumble recovery. Uh, that that charger, I mean, granted, you're facing Zach Wilson, so every defense looks pretty good. Yeah. But man, Nick I was Bosa just, has a week to respond. <laughs> I was watching that being like, hey, Nick, your brother seems to have figured it out a little bit here. Let's pick it up. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I really like this comment from the Sentinels football channel because I definitely agree with the analogy. This team is like a rock band where everyone's playing their instrument off time. They can't even get a rhythm going, so they get a click track. This team needs a football metronome. That is such a good analogy because I have always talked about Kyle Shanahan, at least the offense, like a clock. When all the parts do their job and work together, it's an unstoppable machine. But if even one part is off, the whole thing falls apart. It's non-functional. And it kind of, it's the same analogy here, right? Like they're, they're all playing their instruments, but they're not playing together. And so it sounds like crap and it, they got to get back on. And I don't know, maybe Kyle has to be the metronome, but somebody's got to do it. Yeah. I think uh, a lot of what Kyle does and, and I feel like that's part of the reason why they get into these like slumps in season is because I think Kyle trusts his guys and maybe trusts them too much to, he just thinks that they're going, you know, a team full of veterans. These guys have been on the team. They know our culture. They know the way we play. They're going to figure it out. Like they're, they're going to continue to play at this high level. So he's kind of hands off, I think with, with his guys, because he kind of trusts them to kind of, you know, take that on and keep that going. Uh, But I think it always kind of falls apart at some point in the season, whether it be at the beginning of the season or, you know, as we've seen in October, right? Like he doesn't have a great record in October. So 
Yeah, I think that that's part of the reason I think he does have to be the metronome for this team at some point. I mean, I think we've, I would even go as far as saying as he's kind of stepping into the defense a little bit and <laughs> trying to be the metronome for them and, and Steve Wilkes, right? Because I, I think he he has to overlook what's going on there a, a little bit more uh, or look over um, Steve Wilkes' shoulder a bit more than maybe he would like. But yeah, I think that they definitely need to find a rhythm. Timing is important, both like literal and figuratively for this team, like the rhythm. Uh, I think for the offense, the rhythm is important. And that's kind of something like we haven't been seeing uh, as much. So, you know, with, with that, I think it's going to be better when when Trent and, and Debo's back, hopefully. Uh, but I, I think teams are kind of keen in on the anticipation throws from Brock Purdy and just they kind of anticipate where he's going to go with the ball a little bit better. So that that is why I think we're seeing some of these interceptions finally fall because, hey, Brock was throwing those turnover-worthy plays already. Now the defenses are just slightly more prepared for those coming their way, so they're able to catch them now. So some something has to, you know, change with that. I, I understand why – Brock throws those anticipation throws, but now, like, if it could become a problem, right? If the defense is is kind of keen in on those, I want to respond to that in a second, but I want to hit this uh, question or this comment from Andre, YouTube channel member, says there's no excuses now. Hargrave and Armstead are getting paid well. It took Armstead a season and a half to finally get a sack. Yeah, Eric Armstead's getting paid nice too. I know he's not at the Hargrave Bosa level. But he's making a lot of money, and they just restructured his deal, so he's going to be sticking around for a while. Dude, you got to do better. You have to do better. He led the team in sacks in 2019, like I said. I know he's on the inside now, but, like, you can't have entire games where you don't get a single stat of any kind. Like, And he's had those. Like, you can't have those. We got to get more out of the defensive line. Hopefully they do. Going back to Brock Purdy, I watched the – JT O'Sullivan, Brock Purdy breakdown. And one thing that became obvious to me is teams are like almost cheating. Like they are paying very little respect to certain receivers. And instead they are driving on Christian McCaffrey to stop the checkdowns, either to prevent the pass from being thrown in the first place or to tackle him immediately after he catches the ball. Like teams have kind of caught on now that McCaffrey is sort of Brock's answer. And so they are just, they're not paying as much respect to the other routes and they are keying on that. And I think it has had, you know, a chilling effect on the offense. I think part of it too is, is Debo not being there. Like I, I, I will keep reiterating this because I think it's a huge deal. And, and I, I might've mentioned this last week too, that teams are just sitting on the motion. They are not reacting to it at all because they don't respect it. And you're right, Rob. I don't think they're respecting any of the other guys not named like McCaffrey and Ayuk and, and maybe Kittle. But it seems like these last few weeks are kind of just letting like Kittle do his thing. Um, so with Debo there, you have that extra threat of someone who can also play that like McCaffrey role. So you essentially have like two McCaffreys on the field. Uh, when Debo is out there and teams have to respect that teams have to respect Debo. And because he's so good in space, 
you have to have someone near him at all times, maybe two defenders at all times, right? So that's when it starts to become hard, and that's when Kyle Shanahan can manipulate space so well when he has all these guys. What I was disappointed about with Kyle Shanahan is that I didn't see enough counters to what the defense was doing from him. And maybe Kyle just doesn't trust, you know, Raven McLeod <laughs> to that same level. Sure, I, I understand that to an extent. You know, maybe he doesn't trust, you know, Jawan Jennings to that same level. Debo Samuel has a very unique skill set and a very unique, I think, set of like plays and also routes for this team uh, for him to run. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely true that teams just were not respecting uh, most of the other playmakers on this team. And that's an issue, right? I, I see that improving, though, once Debo gets back on the field. And if it doesn't, Kyle is going to dial something up to, to make him pay for it. I agree. Clearly, Debo will help. But also, it is a little frustrating. Like, you can only score 17 points a game because you don't have all four all pros on the field. Like, even without Debo, Ayuk, McCaffrey, Kittle, teams would die to have that kind of offensive talent on the team. And so it is a little frustrating to be like, well, Debo's out, so we can't expect them to put up a lot of points. Like, no, you should still be able to move the ball. But I agree, Debo's presence out there changes how teams can cheat and affect other things for sure. Um, there was one thing I wanted to point to. Oh, I know what it was. This tweet from David Lombardi, who can be eternally frustrating, but does have some good information sometimes when he's not talking about quarterbacks. Jacksonville's defense has allowed the fewest explosive plays in the National Football League. Jags play a ton of zone to achieve this. The key for Brock Purdy is patience. I think the key is running the ball. Run the damn ball. You got to be able to pick up more than three yards per carry. You run the ball, then you'll be able to do your play action, and they'll move the ball just fine. The biggest problem on offense to me isn't Brock. I know his turnovers were bad, but I thought Brock played really well for a lot of the game against Cincinnati. They got to be able to run the ball. They got to have more than just Brock's legs to get them down the field. They need balance on offense. Brock Purdy needs balance on offense. Kyle needs balance. On, they, they, that's what they need. Right. And the only way to do that is if you can run the football and that hasn't been happening these last few weeks. So yeah, that's definitely one of the things that they need to figure out. And again, if if Trent could come back, I think they practice again Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? Yep, Wednesday. They'll practice again. So hopefully Trent can get back on the practice field and hopefully he can play on Sunday because he's going to be important for that. And as well as Debo, as I mentioned. Um, and yeah, it should it should open things up for Brock. I actually think, you know, not that I'm like disrespecting the Jags defense at all. I think they are pretty good and capable. Uh, but when teams play zone I'm gonna be looking at Debo Samuel because again he can that's where he's best right in zone he can get yards after the catch uh, get those catches in space so yeah I mean Brock has to be patient don't force anything but at the same time he can't be patient if his offensive line is not freaking blocking for him so that's another key in this game and why Trent Williams being back will be so important because they're also not going to have Aaron Banks, their left guard, right? So we're mm -hmm. going to see John Feliciano. We don't really know what to expect out of Feliciano. If Trent is there, I would feel a hell of a lot better uh, Feliciano being out there, right? Just having that anchor to the left of him. 
So we'll we'll see, but they definitely need to get the offensive line clicking and going if they're going to have any semblance of a, a run, run game in this one. I agree, and I think whoever plays next to Trent Williams looks a lot better when Trent is there. Obviously, Aaron Banks has struggled mightily this year, uh, and I think that you know that's why there may not be a huge drop-off from Aaron Banks to John Feliciano because Banks hasn't been playing that great. But I feel like... If I'm Kyle, I need to go into this game like with a backup plan. Like, yes, we want to be able to run the ball great. What do we do if we can't? What do we do if we can't run the ball? How do we function as an offense? And usually the answer is go to the straight drop back passing game. And that's the weakest part of this offense. That's another thing JT O'Sullivan has crushed the 49ers for. A lot of times there aren't a lot of answers for Brock Purdy when he drops back in the straight drop back passing game. And so you got to have a plan for this situation. Okay, the running game is not working. What do we do? How do we move the ball? Do we do like outside, you know, jet sweeps to Debo? Is that sort of a way that we could kind of manufacture removing the ball on the ground? They got to have a plan for that because you can't just say, well, we'll just run the ball better because it ain't always going to work like that. Well, that's why like these past, like the previous three games have been very frustrating to watch because you know the run game's not working, and we're simply not seeing a counter. They just keep trying the same thing over and over, and when it doesn't work, it's like, oh, well, I guess we just have to pass <laughs> over and over, especially in those key moments in the game. That's what's getting Brock all caught up because, like, he doesn't have complimentary football uh, on his side, right? So teams are expecting the pass, and, you know, they're expecting Brock to go this way and, and whatnot. So I, I hope that with the bye week, hope with Debo back, Trent potentially back that we see those counters from Kyle finally. Right. I mean, there, there's no excuse this time you had, you had a whole bye week to figure it out, look at the tape, get back to the drawing board and see what you can do to adjust to those things. But I, I would, I would really hope that if the run game doesn't work, there is a better plan B than we've seen the the past three games. The Sentinels football channel says bubble screens. Yeah, I think that will be an answer, especially if Debo is there. But like, even if he's not, run it to run the bubble screen to Ayuk. He's really good after the catch or run it to friggin' Ronnie Bell. We've seen him. He's tough to bring down also. Like, you got to do something. You can't just like, well, we have to straight drop back pass because then you've got no running game. You've got no threat of the play action. And you're asking your offensive line, which is shaky at best, to do the thing that they're worst at, which is just pass blocking in general. So that's that's a bad combination. Uh, Gammon Brown says this offseason, which player do we retain at 20 mil a year? Brandon Ayuk or Chase Young? Is there a possibility we let both walk? I had said yesterday, Steph, I don't know how you feel. Let's just say Chase Young goes absolutely berserk and has like 10 sacks. I would be okay with keeping Chase Young over Brandon Ayuk if I had to choose between those two people. Um, yeah, I mean, I sure I. <laughs> It's tough. I kind of feel right now that it would take a lot for the 49ers to say, okay, we're, we're just going to keep Chase Young because I think that'll be a crazy contract. As it stands right now, the way that Brennan Ayuk is playing, I know how Brennan Ayuk feels about himself, but I don't – it's been a good season for Ayuk, but I don't know if he's going to get – like he's not going to reset the market. You know what I mean? Like he's right. going to be – maybe top five money but maybe below that right like I think they can negotiate something uh potentially below that so that being said I think it'd be more likely that they would keep Brandon Ayuk I still feel like that's the plan I feel like the plan right now is to let Chase Young walk after this season 
is there a type of season that young could have where it could make that decision a little harder? Like, sure. Um, but as of right now, I think that's the intention with uh, the thought that you're going to get a third round comp-, comp pick back. Right. And essentially pay nothing for those 10 sacks <laughs> that you right. got out of chase young in a season. So yeah, I think that's kind of that would be the plan going forward. I th- I think the team is still in good position to keep Brandon Ayuk. Copywriter says, "Cheers from Germany." Gold Standard is my favorite podcast. Period. Keep up the great content. I like when we go international on the program. It always makes me smile. James Walsh says, "Top running back and mobile quarterback with a special arm who likes to throw on the run. Bad combination for this defense. Have always struggled with it." I mean, this year, I thought the 49ers have done a good job against mobile quarterbacks. They really have not gotten gassed on those plays. The problem is they've gotten gassed on other plays. Uh, it's it's not going to be easy this week, Steph. Doug Peterson is a really good coach that, to me, doesn't get nearly as much credit as he should. He's got a Super Bowl ring. He knows what he's doing. He's aggressive on fourth downs, which you know I like. They're going to have to earn it this week against Jacksonville. Yeah, I was actually like talking about this yesterday that I think the Jags offense does everything good that the 49ers defense has kind of struggled with these oh past three games so far. Um, and yeah, like the threat of Trevor Lawrence being able to run. Sure, like the 49ers have been, you know, decent at, at stopping mobile quarterbacks so far, but like who this season have they really faced that, you know, has been really good with their le- legs? Joshua Dobbs? Daniel Maybe Jones. the only one? Daniel Jones. He, Yo, he's to me, very like, good. But like they, they didn't even try to run that game. They didn't try to run, and they didn't have Barkley that game, which I'm sure would have helped Daniel Jones with his legs. But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, they have a really strong run game with uh, Trevor Etienne as well. And Travis, yeah. Travis sorry, Etienne. Uh, Trevor. Uh, and then – I, I think that's one of the spots that these last few weeks we we've seen the run defense struggle, right? If you yes. can't stop the opposing run game, you are going to get cash. You are going to give up those third uh, third downs and, and, you know, all this stuff. So I, I think that's the challenge for this team. It's like, okay, if, if you're going to tell us that the first or the last three weeks were a blip and you're this different team now, show us, this is the game. But this is the game they're going to need to show us, right? And if they can't, then, oh, well, okay, that's who the 2023 49ers are, I guess. But, yeah, this this matchup has everything. <laughs> every every single test for the 49ers, you can imagine they have it. I mean, Trevor is such a good quarterback. I know a lot of people bring up, oh, like he turns the ball over a lot. He He throws dimes. He throws yeah. dimes out there. You can have a ball perfectly covered and he can get that ball over the defender. He can throw it into tight windows. So that's the challenge. And that's where it needs to start with the defensive line in this one too, because you can't have your secondary taking the the brunt of this Jags offense because it's just not going to turn out well. I completely agree with you. Lawrence can make special plays. He is physically one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Let me bring up his in case people are unfamiliar. Here's Trevor Lawrence's stats so far on the season. You know, no like mega monster games, but he only has four picks all year. He's not turning the ball over a ton. They're moving the football. They have a lot of different threats. You mentioned ETN. I think ETN could potentially have a big day against the 49ers. 
And look at the completion percentage for Trevor Lawrence. 75, 76.7, 75. Almost uh, what, 69 against the Saints, who have a pretty good defense. Like, he's going to get the ball in the right spots. He's going to move the ball down the field. That's what I mean. Like, I think this is a big, big test for the Niners. Yeah, it, it definitely is. So they're, they're just going to have to come with it. And both teams are coming off a bye, right? So, right. you know, you don't have that advantage necessarily going in your favor. You're the team that has to travel to Jacksonville uh, to see them. So, that's that's the challenge and again like i think this need this is going to need to be a game where the 49ers offense is back on their game and could get points on the board because it might be one of those games where your your defense could maybe bend not break they're going to give up some points right like i think i think they will and the offense is going to have to come alive and and keep up totally agree protect the ball you can't be giving away scoring chances because I agree Jacksonville is going to have to score. And if you can keep up, you'll be okay. But we can't have these stupid turnovers and we can't have Kyle trotting out the damn field goal kicker on fourth down. You got to go for it, man. Oh my God. It's so frustrating. He doesn't get it. Uh, Andre says Trevor Lawrence is elite and elite quarterbacks elevate all their players. They are a really good team. Those two wide receivers they have in Kirk and Ridley can torch our soft corner, so we're going to need to score more than 17. I agree. If the Niners only score 17 points in this one, they ain't winning. I, I feel very comfortable in saying that. Oh, yeah. I think I'm more concerned with Isaiah Oliver in this matchup because, mm-hmm. because of the receivers that just, that the Jags have, right? I think all of these guys are capable of running out of the slot if the Jags liked that matchup, and they're going to like that matchup. <laughs> Christian Kirk can could eat like Isaiah Oliver alive in this game if improvements are not made or weren't made through this bye week, right? So that's my concern with this one. Oliver has been fine in the run game and run defense, and maybe that's part of the reason that, you know, dealing with mobile quarterbacks, maybe he has helped with that. Not sure. But in coverage, he's been the weakest link. And that that's where teams are going to target you every single game, every single throw if, if they need to. Right. So there well, needs paid. to be there needs to be some changes there from Isaiah Oliver. And I don't know. I don't know what like he he's not that guy. So I don't know if he's going to just magically be that guy from one week to the next or two weeks from the next. So we'll see. I mean, that's why I think everyone's like kind of waiting for Samuel Womack, Daryl Luter to, to get back out there and see if there could be some changes when those guys are healthy. Yeah. So uh, for anyone that doesn't know, the Niners opened the practice window on three players, Darrell Luter, Samuel Womack and Robert Beal, the defensive lineman. I said my take on that is basically like, I don't know if any of those guys can help, but I think they're going to get their shot. I think they're going to get their shot to make this active roster because the state of the pass rush has not been good. And the, the secondary, as you pointed out, is, I mean, any team, anytime a team wants a slot fade against the 49ers, they can have it. And it's not just with Isaiah Oliver here, by the way. The same thing was with K1 Williams when he was here. Anytime you needed a touchdown, Slot fade. It worked. It was incredibly frustrating. And teams are going to force you to fix it. They're going to keep doing it. They're going to press until it hurts. And so far, the 49ers haven't been able to fix it. I don't know if they will. James Welsh says, if Purdy has another multiple turnover game, is it time to bench him regardless of who Darnold is? Can't afford to lose anymore. I don't think so. I mean, no. I, I think it, no. it depends. 
Yeah, I don't I don't think so. And I don't think Kyle's even close to that. What like after last week's well, two weeks ago after that game against the Bengals, he was asked like if it was time to, you know, bench uh Purdy and he said, Why? Like, why would we do that? <laughs> like, why why would we do that? Uh for no reason. People don't typically bench their quarterbacks for no reason. So yeah, I mean, you know what uh how Kyle feels about Brock. I think we have to remember he's such a young quarterback. Like, let him take his lumps. Let him see if, if, or or let's see if he can change and improve and learn from his mistakes. Right? Like, I kind of feel like he's that kind of guy who's smart and he can learn from those mistakes. So let's see if he can do it. And you know, honestly, if the 49ers are in a situation in this game or any game in the second half of the season where they're down in the fourth quarter. I'm looking forward to seeing how Brock Purdy performs because I think he could turn it around and I think he could lead them to a game winning drive. Right. So I'm not ready to give up on Brock. I don't think the 49ers should be either. If you're benching Brock Purdy because he's committing too many turnovers, you don't go to Sam Darnold. Okay. Who has 55 interceptions and 55 career starts. You don't go to Sam Darnold who has 90 combined interceptions and fumbles in those 55 career starts. That's just not, that doesn't make any sense. You would be benching Brock Purdy for a guy that does the exact same thing and does it far more often, which is turn the football over. You got to let Brock grow and learn. And, you know, we talked about this. I know they said they couldn't wait for Trey Lance because of the Super Bowl window, but you were still going to start a 23-year-old quarterback. So there's always going to be growing pains. And Brock is clearly going through those right now, which is not... I'm not going to crush him for having growing pains. I crush him for throwing an interception in the situation where any forward pass is illegal anyway, because rookie or not, or second year player or not, you should know that, but he's having growing pains. Let him get through it. The other parts of this team should be good enough to overcome that. And they haven't been the last three weeks, but when you look at the talent and the people that are there, it should be. And so hopefully Brock starts to come out of it a little bit and, and you know, learn some things, adjust, and recalibrate. We still have seen way more good from Brock Purdy than we've seen bad. Yes. Like, even despite these bad interceptions in in those key moments, there's the good has outweighed the bad by a lot still. So I I say keep him in there. Let him learn on the fly. I think he's going to be able to – he'll be fine. James Welsh says, I'm not advocating for Darnold over Purdy, but I think you may be overstating Kyle's loyalty to anyone, and he loves Darnold. We know that. I totally agree that he loves Darnold. Absolutely. Um, But I also think that he looks at Brock and says he's not played as bad as some people think. And if you, like, go break it down in that Cincinnati game, I mean, first of all, the first half, Brock was basically their entire offense. He was moving the ball with his legs. He was the reason they were going downfield. He was extending plays and hitting guys outside of the structure of the offense. He had the hideous, hideous turnovers, which were bad. But he was basically carrying that team. The throws that he made to Kittle down the middle of the field, my God, they were elite, tight window, top-level throws. So I don't think Kyle looks at it and saying and says, Brock's playing so bad that we have to bench him. Yeah, I, I agree. And and definitely not for Darnold, despite how Kyle feels feels about him. I just he he's not the answer for this team right now. And you know, if things start to spiral for this team and they continue to lose games, sure, maybe maybe at that point Kyle would be like, you know what, let's just try something new. But 
you know, I, I don't think the 49ers will be at that point. Their their playoff chances are still very much intact at this point. So there's no reason to, you know, change change the conductor, change the, the quarterback at this time. I wouldn't bench Brock no matter what. I don't care if he's turning the ball over 80 times. Again, you got to find out if this guy can play. And I maybe I'm crazy. I'm still of the opinion that we don't know. We don't know for sure what we have. Yeah. And so to me, there's no reason to bench him for Sam Darnold because we know what Sam Darnold is. It's established. He's got 55 starts in the league. It's clear what he is. Because if you you need to decide if Brock is your guy, if he can clearly play or not, because if he can't, then you got to come up with another quarterback plan for next year because Darnold's a free agent anyway. So to me, there is no reason to bench Brock Purdy for performance whatsoever. If he's hurt, obviously that's a different thing, but not for performance. Let the kid grow and play and learn. Yep, I'm with you. All right, I think we've reached a good stopping point here. I don't know if there's any other topics I wanted to get into. I want to thank everybody for all the comments and questions. We appreciate it. Uh, please like and subscribe to both YouTube channels, the Gold Standard Network YouTube channel and Steph's YouTube channel, 49K. Also, I want to give a quick shout out because you may have noticed that we have a new background, which uh, I had made. It's based off the Bully Ball. Steph made the Bully Ball logo, which is awesome, Steph. It's the best logo that we have. But uh, I went to James Snowy on Twitter. Uh, he helped hooked me up with the um, with the, with the background at Snowy Open on Twitter. If you want to hit him up, uh, I'm sure he'll do a great job for you as well. So we appreciate that. And thanks, everybody. Uh, go Niners. We finally have football this weekend and gear up. It's going to be pedal to the metal for the next nine games. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Let's go. Peace. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.